Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of Believe in Saints is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Woo, it's a tough Monday here on Believe in Saints. I'm David Grubb, and joining me is former Saints receiver uh, Terrence Copper. And TC, this, is, this was a bad loss, 22-14 on the road to the Carolina Panthers, um, there's no way to sugarcoat this one. I mean, you had, you know, reasons with Atlanta first week of the season. You had Tampa Bay. You knew that matchup. But against a Carolina team that had been struggling to go on the road and put this kind of performance on tape, this is about as bad as it gets as far as our preseason expectations with the Saints. Oh, definitely. I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. This is – you know why it's so bad? Because it's the same corporate offensively we just cannot get anything going um and losing to a team that's owing to that's coming into it and and then we're now we're down we're one and two in the car in the division you know so that's that's what makes it even tougher uh when it comes to uh losing to a team like carolina but we did know that carolina did have a strong defense going into it we did know that but man we just got to get it going somehow you know again it's a it's a failure at all three levels of the game you had mm-hmm. special teams mistakes. You had offensive mistakes. And defensively, even though the defense played well for most of the game, you give up big plays at the wrong times. Um, you know, you can't have a 60-yard, 70-yard touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to a back. To a back, that just can't happen. And it seemed like just that 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 spirit that we've seen out of the Saints the last few seasons, that energy, is not there right now. It's definitely not. Um me looking at our secondary defensively, we don't tackle well. Uh, we don't tackle well in the secondary, uh, and, and that is what it is. We That guy has to get corrected. Uh, speaking of the play that you was talking about, we had two guys that just in position to make the tackle and didn't even touch him, you know, and he just run through us, but that was consistently happening. Maybe not breaking for long runs, but it was consistently happening that our secondary were just missing tackles and, and running backs picking up an extra four or five yards because of the missed tackles. You know, so – and then special team-wise, missing those field goals are huge because once the defense start getting getting stops and you start moving the ball a little bit, which kind of jumping around a little bit, I really feel like we should have stayed up-tempo. I think we figure something out when we go up-tempo. Uh, when, it was trying to end, when it was trying to end the half, the first half, and then later in the game we went up-tempo, we moved the ball a lot, a lot more efficiently. So – I think that's something we may have to start doing, staying up-tempo in more of a NASCAR offense, maybe not two-minute, but more of a a no-huddle, get-to-the-line, let's call the play at the line of scrimmage, just keep the defense off their toes uh, and keep them from getting into the sets they want to get in. And they put a little pressure on our offense that we're not thinking so much, you're just playing. Let's let's talk with the offense first because that's the one that everybody's going to focus on. And, of course, we got to start with Jameis. It always starts with the quarterback. Um 
again, it feels like there's a combination of things for Jameis. Um, clearly, he made some bad decisions. I'm not. I'm not worried about the hail mary at the end. That that that's what happens when you throw up a, a, that kind of pass. It, it, but clearly, there's an issue decision making. He's still holding on to the ball at times. Clearly, there's a physical issue with his back um, and his ability to follow through and make good, accurate throws. But it also feels like there's a play calling element to this too. That there's not a lot of balance to this Saints team. And like you said, they've done well with tempo. And, and like you said, it's not about no huddle and rushing to the line. It's about keeping the defense not being able to substitute. It's about letting Jameis have a simpler read and make it quicker. The offensive line knows exactly what it's going to do coming out of that. You know, they've called two plays in the huddle previously, whatever that tempo is moving. And I think, it, it, like you said, it takes that thinking element out of it. And when they slow down, they start to build on these mistakes. Um, what are you seeing? It just seems like a complete failure all around Jameis, and he's not helping himself. Well, when I see – when I'm looking at Jameis, to me, he threw two picks. But I wouldn't count – I mean, you got to count them. But those picks wasn't on him. One ball got tipped and got picked off. Another ball, Hail Mary, got picked off. You know, so I, I'm not necessarily worried about him throwing those picks because they was bad decisions. They weren't bad decisions. They was – one was trying to make something happen at the end of the game. The other one just got tipped. Uh, so – it wasn't like he just threw those picks uh, because of bad decision making. I go to the offensive side of the ball when it go when it comes to play calling, and you may you may reference to it earlier that we're not balanced with it. When I when I look at the play calling, I want to see us getting sets and formations because you saw every time they brought pressure, the pressure either was getting home or uh, it was a bad throw because of the pressure. We had no routes that had side adjustments. Usually when a team is bringing those safeties down and you got one receiver to one side uh, by itself, even if it's a tight split, he's going to run a four-yard out. We had nobody run having side adjustments. When the, when the, uh, when the blitz come, run a slant. Uh, those things are built in. And I seen nobody do it. And they was bringing extra people that we could not block. And offensively, we had no type of scheme to where – you can give Jameis a, a side adjustment to where he don't have to still hold on to the ball, wait for the routes to develop because he's not going to have time for they bring in more than we can block. So to me, a lot of things, it wasn't necessarily on the offensive line all the time this time. I, I hate to say it, but some of it is on the play calling because of that situation I just told you. There were no side adjustments uh, that was being ran to give Jameis a quicker throw when he see the blitz coming. Do you think that that fans are putting, you know, and they're saying, well, Jameis isn't making the adjustment. He's not adjusting the, 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 the protection at the line when he sees that the blitz is coming. How do they know that he's not doing those things? I don't, I, I, to me, it seems like a guy, this, this experience in, in, a, in a league, he certainly knows where blitzes are coming from. They wouldn't put him out on the field if he couldn't make the calls with that line. It just seems like right now the line is struggling whether it's by personnel or by scheme to, like you said, pick up blitzers when they do come in there. And those adjustments are not being made by the receivers to make it easier for him. His tight end has not been an outlet for him in those situations, finding soft spots to just sit and be a, a receiver for him. So like, I think it's easy to say it's all on Jameis because it's easy to watch him, but it, it mm -hmm. feels like there's just a complete systemic breakdown offensively. Yeah, it's, it's everybody. Everybody have uh, a little bit of hand in this. Everybody, It's not just James. Of course, he's the quarterback, but it's not just on him. It comes down to James on certain plays, certain things he's doing. 
Uh, it comes down to play calling, like we just talked about, offensive line, like we talked about, and receivers. Everybody has a hand in this. This is not one thing to where, oh, you can point the finger at one guy and, oh, he's the reason why. It's not. It's not. And me looking at it a little bit deeper, it's it's more to it than just him. It's a lot of things. And even if we talk about, I don't want to jump off the subject, even if we talk about special teams, mm-hmm. uh, the, two miss, the two missed field goals, the one that was blocked, the one that was blocked is not on the offensive line. The kicker got to get the ball up in the air. There is no way a guy getting – he got held up at the line of scrimmage and he still can jump up and block that field goal. That's on the kicker. He got to get a higher trajectory to get that ball up over that guy. He cannot be driving uh, field goals that low, and it's not a long field goal. Right. You know, it wasn't like it was a 50-some-yard field goal. It's a 30-yard. Yeah. So – the, the longer the, the farther you're back kicking field goals, the more that kicker has to line drive that ball to get the distance. But you kicking a 30 yard field goal, you got to get it up in the air. You know, so to me, that wasn't on the offensive line, the protection of it. He just, he screwed, he screwed it up. And then the one he missed, he just missed it. And, and that has a snowball effect too, because if you put together a drive, like you say, you get down and it's a 30 yard kick, that's supposed to be a gimme. Those are points. So not only do you not get the points, your defense goes back on the field. They feel like they put their last stop in for nothing because now mm-hmm. you couldn't capitalize on it. So that mo- that changes their motivation. And offensively, those guys who put in that drive are like, we did all this work and we got nothing out of it. It changes your time now. You've wasted time. If you're behind, as the Saints were in these situations, you're behind, you're not getting any closer, and time is elapsing. I think all those things start building on each other. And we're talking about a team that in the fourth quarter this season has a grand total of three rushing attempts. You know, like that's not winning football. You can't win games no. when you are failing in all these ways. If if the If the opponent knows it's all on the quarterback in the second half, that changes things too. It doesn't make it any easier for your offense to execute when they know it's all on these guys to make plays mm-hmm. and these are out of the playbook for them. They can't use these anymore. So, I mean, I think that, they, you know, it's just so many things right now that you can't pin it on any one person. There's 10, 11 guys that need to look at themselves in meetings this week and say, how are we going to be better? Exactly. And what you're referring to with the defense, the de- honestly, the defense was playing their butt off early. I mean, they was giving up some stuff, but it was bending, but it wasn't breaking. And so the first, the first points come off offense. <laughs> they score off offense the first time they score, you know, off a strip. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's a lot going on uh, when it comes to us missing those field goals. What that does, not only does it not give us points. But defensively, like we just talked about, the defense, when they get stops and they give us the ball back and we get the ball back and we don't we don't capitalize off of it, that takes air out of the defense as well. You know, the more we score, the more the defense is more energized. They're ready to get back out there, get the offense the ball again. But when the offense just can't get nothing going, it's like the defense is just out there. And they're like, listen, we just – we out here on our own. We got to do this thing on our own and because we're not getting any help from offense. You know, so and that is the mindset of it. So when we're missing field goals and we're not capitalizing when we're getting the ball back, you know, it, it affects the defense as well because they're out there and they're battling. They was battling a lot. They was battling yesterday, but they gave up some a lot of explosion plays. But at the end of the day, our deep it wasn't all on the defense. The defense held strong for a lot of that game, and then it kind of got away at the end. But the majority of that game, the defense was holding tight. I mean, look, the, the, the defense gave up less than three hundred yards. 
Um, you know, I think like like you said in the second half, I think they got worn down a little bit because mm-hmm. the Panthers were able to put together forty something rushing attempts on a day they couldn't throw. You know, Baker Mayfield was who Baker Mayfield, you know, what we've seen through the first two weeks of the season. They weren't making big plays in the passing game. The one that they made, like you said, is to a back, and the tackling was poor. Um, but it was those nickel and dimes, like you said, just that down the stretch of them being able to keep drives going enough. Even if they weren't scoring, they were able to pick up one first down or two first downs before they punted mm-hmm. because they were able to, you know, just be able to get four and five yards consistently out of McCaffrey or four and five yards out of their other backs who were coming up and, and they were able to run the ball when they needed to. For the Saints, that has not been the case. And you've had two weeks in a row where guys that you trust with the football and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara have fumbled inside the red zone costing you big, big plays, and in turn, those turn into points. It does. And one thing I was, I felt like we should have ran the ball more. I know you uh, alluded to that earlier, but Kamara averaged four yards a carry. You know, so, I mean, and it was tough yards. Don't get me wrong. He was getting tough yards, but he's still averaging four yards a carry. You you got to give it, feed them, keep feeding them. Keep feeding them, or not just continue to feed them just to run it, but just to keep the defense off balance instead of just – putting the ball in Jameis' hands when you know your offensive line has been struggling all year. It didn't matter what game it was. They struggled every single game that we played. So instead of putting the, the onus on the offensive line to be able to block these things up, put the ball in the hands. Let's run some more screens. Let's let's try to run the ball, get something going. But at the end of the day, when as an offensive coordinator, when you can't move the ball and, and you're struggling to get points up, you automatically think, okay, we got to make something happen. We got to throw this thing. And we had some receivers that came in later and was making some plays for us. Yeah. Uh, Olave played his butt off. Last two weeks, Olave has been very good. Yeah. You know, and then we had a couple other receivers that come in and make some plays for us. You know, so, I mean, we throwing the ball, but throwing is not going to win you the game. You got to run that ball. Not 40 times a game. And we talked about that before the season began. That if there were too many games where Jameis was getting above 35 attempts, mm-hmm. it wasn't going – it's just this is how the NFL works. You don't see teams winning when they throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. It do, that means you've been behind. And yep. what, what's bothersome is that the Saints were never tragically behind. Never. This is a game you should have been able to walk the Panthers down if you stayed physical. And that's been the most concerning part for me that through three weeks – Offensively, the Saints have been out physicaled by each opponent for three straight weeks. And that is, to me, is the bigger problem. And I think, like you said, when it comes to play calling, it's a lot easier for an offensive line to go forward, is to tell mm-hmm. guys, push forward. We're running blocking, head, head on, uh, helmet on helmet, go forward. And I think that you take that aggressiveness away from this team so early by abandoning the run and going to the pass. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, 15 good carries, 61 yards. That's a good total. But you mm-hmm. got to – the rest of those guys, there should have been 15 more carries by other guys as well mm-hmm. over the course of the game. And and one thing I can say about Carolina that, you know, even though we did look bad and we've been looking bad consistently these last three games, Carolina defense had a great game plan for us. And honestly, offensively, they had a good game plan for us. They just wanted to grind this thing out the way they did and defense hold tight. And that's what happened. You know, so it, I think teams are starting to figure out the MO, how to beat the Saints. You know, is the let's be physical with them. Let's grind it out. Defensively, y'all hold tight and 
and we'll see what happens. That's exactly what's been happening. The same thing would have happened versus the Falcons, but we just we came through at the end and we pulled it off. But that was a game that we easily could have lost. We could easily be 0-3 right now. Yeah. Easily. And you talk about, like you said, you talk about it, and that blueprint has been set because every team has done the essentially the same thing. They've relied on their running game against the Saints. None of the quarterbacks has had a big passing day. Uh, you know, Tom Brady didn't have a great passing game. Baker Mayfield didn't have a great passing game. Uh, I think, you know, we, we saw um, uh, them do well. The Falcons did well. They got enough passing yards to be there. But, mm-hmm. you again, you weren't expecting Mariota to go crazy. So teams are doing that. They're saying, we're daring the Saints to score 20. We're daring the Saints to score 20. In the, back, the last two weeks, you've totaled 24. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just – that's – Going into, you know, we'll talk about them in a minute, but going into Minnesota this week, having to face Minnesota in London, it doesn't get any easier because you know Minnesota can score. Even right. if defensively they haven't been good, you're counting on the Saints to match points with people. And I don't know if they can do that right now. I, I, you know what? Uh, and the crazy thing about it is when they go to London, like so we can talk about it a little later, but we just got to get better. And the thing about it is, all these things are correctable. They're mm-hmm. fixable. That's why, I mean, at first I was down on them, but I was like, you know what? As, as I look at the game and look at the things that we need to be fixed, that we need to actually work on and fix these things, they are all fixable. It's not like we just have a lack of talent. So it don't matter what we do. We don't have the, the players to do these things we need to do. We don't have the players. We have the players. We have the coaching staff. We have the talent. We have guys in place. But we gotta fix these. We gotta we gotta work on these things and fix them. Special team wise, to me, special teams have to come through. We we gotta fix special teams just as quickly. We gotta fix offense because special teams can actually win you some ball games as well. But our special teams is actually losing us games. You know, so special teams can be fixed. The issues going with specials can be fixed. Offensively, those things can be fixed. Uh, when it comes to the blocking up things, calling certain plays, those are fixable things. You just got to get into the get into the, the meeting rooms and fix them, you know, and then get outside and you work on what you got to work on. All these things are fixable. So the season is still salvageable, but they got work to do, man, because it's getting to a point to where if we're constantly coming up here every week and we're like, ah, oh, they dropped another one we should have got. Before too long, you're going to be out of the playoff picture. Because now you you know lost two games in your division within the first three weeks, you know. So we got to actually start putting some stuff together and and not just talking about it, but actually start doing it. Because you don't want you don't want to keep dropping games here because it could get ugly. On the defensive side of the ball, like you said, things were were pretty good um, for the most part. The one thing is still that you're just not seeing the Saints generate any turnovers. And we were hopeful before the beginning mm. of the season that that's something that would be better this year. That's why you added Marcus May. That's why you added Teron Matthew was to be able to get that big play element. And the Saints so far this season, turnovers have been few and far between for the defense. A little more pressure on the passer. You did get home mm-hmm. a few more times with Baker Mayfield. Um, and even with the limited passing attempts that Carolina had, three sacks is, is pretty decent for the Saints uh, mm-hmm. for, for where they started. But again, it's still not coming from the places where you'd expect that pressure to be coming from either. So as good as the defense has been, there's still room. Like you said, there's still room for improvement with mm-hmm. them as well. They still can improve. And, and one of the reasons why we're not getting a lot of turnovers is because teams are starting to grind it out. 
they're just turning around, handing it off, you know, or running screens or just uh, just hitting us in the mouth. So it's going to be tough to catch picks or interceptions when a team is just playing that grind out mode. Now, if we get a, we start playing a team that's trying to air it out, maybe next week. But shucks, they got some good backs as well. But I'm, I'm kind of excited. No joke. That's true. But I'm kind of excited about playing the Vikings because they kind of defensively, like you said, they're not that good. I mean, they're they're an NFL team, but they're not like an all world beater when it comes to defense. They got a great offense. We need to play a team that that really doesn't have a good defense right now. They get a, get some confidence back in our offense. I have confidence in our defense to play teams that are good offensively because we have proven that we can play with the best of them. That even even if they are good offensively, our defense is good enough to really hang in there. Offense has to come around, and maybe this is the game that happens. It's been an interesting start to the season, though, because you know Saints being one and two, you still look around and you say, okay, Carolina's one and two, though they mm-hmm. do have the tiebreaker right now, but you get them at home. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay looked bad yesterday. Um, Tom Brady did not look good, uh, and it just their offense has you know we've seen it for three weeks now. Their offense has not been particularly daunting against folks. Mm-hmm. You still don't feel like Atlanta's beating you know a world beater in that regard. So you look around. You can't keep slipping up, but mm-hmm. you're fortunate at one and two to still be right there. And you look around the rest of the NFC and nobody's really asserted themselves as the class of the NFC outside of maybe Philly is mm-hmm. Philly's maybe playing the best football in the NFC right now. So yep. you look around and you don't see at, at the very least, you can still be optimistic as a Saints fan because the rest of the, the conference, the rest of the division has not gotten away from you after three weeks. That's true. But the first thing we have, we got to be more physical. We have, we have to be more physical. We have to be smarter. Those are things that we definitely have. Defensively, we got to be more physical. Offensively, offensive line, play calling, uh, quarterback play, we have to be smarter. But like you said, you can be very optimistic about it because like you said, we are still in the race, even though we're one and two in the division, we're still in the race because nobody's really jumping out at us. And, the division is still wide open. Even though we don't lost two games in the division, it's still wide open. Anybody can take it. You can go two and one on the back end. You can go three and oh on the back end. It's not impossible mm-hmm. that this team develops the way it should be. Uh, but what's the biggest challenge for Dennis Allen, a guy who, you know, again, struggled his first head coaching opportunity, had some goodwill certainly based on his years with the Saints. And then you come in and now people are comparing you, of course, to Sean Payton outside the building. But I think it's probably happening. Inside the building, too, is that people say, how would Sean handle this? This is, you know, if we were doing this, how would he call the plays? I I think it's just natural for people during a a time of transition. How does Dennis Allen reaffirm himself as the leader of this team and then make those adjustments this week to get guys re-inspired and say, look, all right, that's that's over. That's over. Let's go. Now we've got 14 more opportunities to do this right. The first thing he has to do, he had to keep the locker room together. He had to keep his team together because it can easily a lot of a lot of little conversations, sidebar conversations, can easily start separating the locker room uh, and and losing trust in coaching staffs. Uh, whether it's the play calling, or whether it's the head coach, whether whatever it is, whether it's special teams coach, whatever it is, you know, or players going back and forth at each other, or offensive defense side of the ball is are not on one accord because. The defense is doing this. Offense is struggling. You know, so the first thing he has to do is keep his locker room together. And that's players and coaches. 
And then after you keep them together and get them to understand, listen, we all in this together, we can get on one accord and we can keep rolling. But they have to see that they got to stay together and they have to see that we're still right there in the middle of it. And right now, even though we're going through a slump, we can't fall apart. We can't start pointing the finger. Now, we got to point the finger to get things corrected, but we can't point the finger and trying to, you know, Cast point the, the finger that your fault. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's not going to be tough for him to keep them together, but he got to keep them together and make sure everybody's on one accord and he don't lose his locker room. I don't think he will, but he got to make sure he doesn't. Is this one of those days when you you, you call your, your Demario Davis, your Cam Jordan, your Jameis to the office, you know, and you say, look, you know, this is I need you guys to be leaders this week. I need you guys mm-hmm. to keep people's spirits up. Shut down that chatter because it can't be the coach walking through the locker room saying we're not going to do this. It's, you know, a lot of this is self-policing, as you know, in a locker mm-hmm. room. Players policing each other. So it's important to remind those veterans. And I think you don't have to remind a Demario Davis. He is a leader. You don't have to remind a Cam Jordan. But I think you want to have that conversation just in general. Touch base. Guys, I know it's been frustrating for you, A, B, C, and D. Give me your feedback. And also take this message with you into the locker room as we get ready this week. And, and I can almost almost guarantee you this week there will be a, a players only meeting this week. I can almost guarantee it's going to happen because with the amount of pride that the Saints have and the players and the captains on that side of the ball, they're not going to allow this to happen. And they will have a players-only meeting. Uh, it usually happens when teams are struggling like the way they're struggling now and you got a real strong leadership group. They're going to call that players only meeting where no coaches in there. It's just the players. And we're going to talk about stuff. We're going to be raw with each other. We're going to talk about stuff and we're going to be on and we're going to get on one on one accord and we're going to get back on track. But we don't need no coaches in there because at the end of the day, we the ones have to play. We got to hold each other accountable. So I'm quite sure that meeting is going to happen and it needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's about ownership and accountability. If they want this season to be what they think it can be. It's on. Ultimately, it is on the players. The coaches can only do so much as you've got to make plays at those opportunities. And I think this team can certainly do that. It's just like you said right now, it's there's just not enough. It's just not enough. The, the talent is not the problem. It's just execution. It's all the little things that have failed this team early on. And you can see that the 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 faith around the NFL as we wrap on this is just the Saints are three-point underdogs against the Vikings in a supposed home game. Obviously, this is London. It's not really. It ain't nothing compared mm-hmm. to the Superdome as far as the support would be for the Saints. But the Vikings are a tough team. Like you said, offensively stacked at wide receiver, at tight end, at running back. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins is good enough to get those guys the ball. So this is another game where there's going to be a lot of pressure on both sides of the ball. Defense has to do its job and shut them down. Offense has got to give you 20. They got to give you 20. They have to look. They might have to give you twenty five or twenty four. They might have to give you can't give you fourteen or ten. That's for sure. No, no, not at all. But I think we'll be fine. I think a change of scenery would be fine. Let's get out of the country. You know, let's go and they're probably gonna be there for about a week. Us against know. the world. Yep. Let's go out there and play. Let's let's put this thing together in London. Uh, you got a chance to really do something special. Uh, at the end of the day, of course, we plan in London. But all the festivities they may do or the sightseeing they may have, it don't even matter if we don't get the win. They're going, it's, this is a business trip. It's not a, it's not a vacation uh, by no means. It's a business trip. And that is the way they're looking at it, especially going into it one and two. 
it's a strictly business trip. Um, and that's that's the mindset they're going to have. We talked about some kind of must wins. This is definitely you don't you don't want to be behind after a quarter of the season and be sitting there one and three and basically mm-hmm. having to ride out and be nine and five the rest of the season in a difficult schedule. You got some difficult games on the rest of that schedule. So, yeah, I think this is as close to the word that you would use as must win as there is in, a, in the early part of a season. I would agree with that. Uh, we got to come up with a win. You, you hate to go down one and four, no one and three. You hate to be one and three after this game because um, then you're just in a hole that it's going to be tough to dig out of. And and when you're losing, everybody can't have a season like Miami had last year. You know how Miami reeled off like eight wins in a row? Yep. I mean, it can, it can happen. It can happen. But some stuff has to change. You know, it, it has to change. And offensively, we got to get it going. Special teams, we got to get it going. Defense, we got to continue to get better. But offensively, I look. I looked at plays. I looked at the play where we had a guy going in motion, and the center hiked the ball and hit the guy in motion. And James, luckily, James jumped on the ball. But but it's stuff like that that should never happen in the NFL. That doesn't happen. That happens. That happens like in rec league, right? You know, that doesn't happen in the NFL. That just lets you know that they are not on one accord. They're not on one accord. They're thinking too much. The center's thinking too much. Everybody's just thinking too much, and they're not on one accord. Stuff like that should not happen. And it, it's, it takes time. I just didn't think it would be this much of a struggle to start the season. Uh, you know, maybe our expectations were unfair, uh, but this is where they are, and they got to improve. Um, we'll be back later in this week uh, on Thursday or Friday to talk with you, get you prepped for this weekend's game. Um but TC, man, it's go, there's just a lot of work to be done for this franchise right now. It's a lot of work to be done, but I'm still hopeful and I still believe in our coaching staff. I still believe in our players. I still believe in the organization. I feel Too like much if any team, yeah, if, 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 any, if anybody or any team that can come out of this hole, it's the Saints. It's the Saints. So I'm still, my hopes are still up high. I hope uh, who that nation is still, their hopes are up high as well because at the end of the day, we're still in the midst of everything. We, our, our goals is still right in front of us. So I'm still excited about the season. Uh, I still got high hopes. And when we turn it around, it's going to be a sight to see. I'm excited about it. As much as I love basketball, it's not time to turn the page from football <laughs> season to basketball season. Folks got step away from the ledge. Relax. It's not <laughs> right. that bad just yet. It's bad. It's bad. It's not what you want. But it's yep. not that bad just yet. Hang right. in there. Hang in yep. there. <laughs> right. Uh, TC, tell them how they can keep up with you and, uh, until, we, until we talk to them the next time. Man, you can find me on Twitter at T Copper. You can find me on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, you know, and follow, continue to follow us. Hit that like button, continue to follow us at Believe in Saints. Absolutely. And y'all know how to get at me at DM Grub on Instagram and Twitter as well. And uh, we'll be back again later this week. Until then, y'all be good and keep believing in the Saints. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.